Welcome to Self-Compassionate Professor, a career wellness podcast for mid-career and recovering academics who want more. More meaning, balance, rest, joy, and more clarity. Our motto here is no regrets. So glad you're here. Hello, hello. Welcome. You are listening to episode 175, and I'm Danielle Delamar. So I come here today to talk to you about boundaries, and I am drawn to this topic on this day because I have been processing my own boundary work lately, right? Because Boundary work is always a process. It's never about like, here are my boundaries. I'm going to write them in stone. End of story. It's over. Now, you know, I've got the space and the time and the health and the wellness I need because I've put in the right boundaries. You know, boundaries don't really work that way. Boundaries are evolving and the work is always sort of in process. You're always checking in. You're always trying to see where you are and what sort of new boundaries you need to set or how you need to change the boundaries you have already set. So I guess what I'd like to do today is one, talk about how you know you have boundary issues, right? What are some of the warning signs Then secondly, I want to talk about looking for boundary gaps, like where are those gaps in your boundaries? Where are those holes? What do you need to sort of fill so that you can feel stronger and healthier and well taken care of? And then I'll leave you at the end with a boundary meditation by Carla McLaren. Okay, so let me start with how do you know you have some boundary issues? How do you know you have some gaps in your boundaries that you need to work on? All right, so let me just talk about how I generally know. So um, when I was faculty, one of the things that would happen to me, and this was after I started meditating, um, and I kind of got to know myself a little bit better. And I got in touch with my emotions a little bit better. And as I was doing that, I would get up in the mornings and I would meditate. And on the days I had to go to campus, I would cry. During my meditation, I would cry. And I watched it happen like clockwork. (laughs) I would see it happen all the time. And then just kind of packing around that sadness, that like, uh... Now I have to go about my day and carry my sadness with me and be sad about my work and be sad about where I'm going today. So fast forward a number of years, I have not experienced that for a very, very long time. And more recently, I've started to experience that. I have gotten sad in the mornings. And it hasn't been as intense as it was when I was faculty, but it's definitely there. And for me, that's like a warning sign. Like, okay, what's going on? Why are you feeling like this? 
And what I realized is that I have some gaps in my boundaries, right? I have to deal with some stuff. I have to find sort of the healthy anger that I have within and take some action. So you're going to notice if you have some sort of boundary issues, if you kind of look at your relationship with your work and you start to notice things like feeling like you're dissociating, right? Or feeling angry. Or maybe you're feeling this sense of obligation. You're feeling overworked. You're feeling overwhelmed. Maybe you're just feeling sort of like this sense of ick or, ugh, you know, just kind of disgust and, and this sense of aversion. Or maybe you feel like you have to be inauthentic, right? You're not really being yourself. And so if you can just kind of think about or, or, or just bring to mind and body and, and feeling state, notice what it's like to do your work just generally on a daily basis. What is your relationship to your work like? How does it feel to engage in your work? And if you get some of these signs like, oh, I get sad or I feel overworked or I feel numb or I feel inauthentic or any of these other things I've mentioned, it's probably a pretty good sign you've got some boundary work to do. So in my opinion, one of the best ways to identify boundary gaps is by looking at the main sources of chronic stress that lead to burnout. I'm drawing on Christina Maslach's research here. And what she says is that workload, right? So feeling chronic stress because you don't have the capacity to comfortably navigate your workload, that could be one piece of chronic stress um, values. You might not find that the work you're doing is personally meaningful. Maslach also names reward, right? You're not feeling like you are being rewarded enough, paid enough, recognized enough. There's control. You don't feel like you're in control of the when, where, and how you do your work. There's the fairness piece. And this is, you know, not feeling like you're being treated equitably at work compared to your colleagues. And then lastly, and surely not least, is the community piece. You don't feel well connected and engaged with your colleagues. So if you feel a lot of stress around one of these main sources of chronic stress, chronic stress that leads to burnout, I would recommend zeroing in on one of these aspects that feels most stressful to you and then thinking about where you can draw boundaries. So if, for example, you find that values is a problem for you, right? You're not really finding your work personally meaningful, then it's time to find places in your job that are meaningful and then put up some boundaries, set some boundaries so that you can spend more time on the stuff that's more meaningful. So if it's working with students and 
you really, really value that. And that's really, really important to you, but you really aren't spending much time with students anymore. Maybe, you know, you've become chair of your department or something. And while you maybe handle student complaints, you're not really spending quality time with students. Maybe you really like doing that developmental advising work and you're really not being given that opportunity as much. Well, now it's time to figure out how you can build in that time, what kind of boundaries you, you can put into place to protect that time with students, right? To protect that time on things you value. So again, this comes from Dr. Christina Maslock's research on burnout and its workload, values, reward, control, fairness, and community. I would just encourage you to ask yourself, where are your boundary gaps, right? Where are you feeling the most stressed in these categories? And what boundaries might you try out? It doesn't have to be perfect, right? You can try something out. And if it doesn't work, try something else. Um, like I said, this work is ongoing. It's a process. It's not like you're you're sort of, I got my boundaries set and I'm done, <laughs> right? That's not how it works. You have to have a relationship with this stuff. You have to have a relationship with yourself enough to know what you need. And you have to care about yourself enough to actually act on what it is you need, right? All right, so we've talked about how to know if you have boundary issues, six sources of chronic stress that lead to burnout, and how you can look at each of those sources and figure out what your boundary gaps are. Now, the third thing I'm gonna do is leave you with a meditation from Carla McLaren, which will help you to feel more boundaried, because when you feel more boundaried, you not only have more courage and you're not only more willing to take better care of yourself, but you're actually more compassionate to other people, right? Because when you don't have adequate boundaries, you can become resentful, right? You're doing things and you don't really want to do them. And so it becomes hard to sustain compassion for another person when you're doing things for them out of some sense of obligation. A sense of obligation that is not something you would do willingly if you felt you had the choice, right? So what brought me to this topic today is that, as I said, I began feeling sad. I began getting sort of teary-eyed um, in the mornings. And I started to realize that I was not feeling sort of adequately rewarded for the work and the time that I spend on the podcast. I asked for reviews last week and I did get some. And if you gave me a review, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. But most people did not. And right now I have 26 reviews on Apple Podcasts. I don't want to, this is my boundary, y'all. I do not want to put out a brand new episode with new content until I have at least 75 reviews. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for 75 reviews, at least. There's way more people that listen to this podcast than 75, 
but I'm looking for at least 75. And between now and the time I get my 75 reviews, I will just go ahead and become like NPR. <laughs> That's my boundary. I'm going to become like NPR and talk about how I need you to give me a review. I'm looking for a five-star review and it shouldn't be that hard, right? Like I'm not asking that you write anything, although it would be great if you did. All I'm asking you to do is go in and leave five stars and be done with it, right? And until I get to my goal of 75 reviews, I'll just get on here every week and talk about how much I need you to leave me a review. <laughs> so if you're enjoying the content, if you're getting something from it, I've heard from people via email and LinkedIn messages and Facebook messages, right? Telling me how much they've learned from my podcast, how much it has sort of changed their approach to their work, how it has given them the courage to leave their academic jobs. Like I am hearing some really amazing and wonderful things, but I need that to be on the podcast reviews, right? So that other people can read about that. All right, y'all. So if you don't want me to become NPR over the next few weeks, you'll go in to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. <laughs> that is my boundary. In the meantime, this is the Boundary Meditation by Carla McLaren I was telling you about. If you don't have time to do it now, just you can stop here, but come back to it. Come back to it if you really want to summon the courage and the strength to draw some boundaries, right? To, to take care of some of your unmet needs. All right, here's the meditation now. So what I love about this meditation, which comes from Carla McLaren's book, The Language of Emotions, is that it helps you to see and feel your boundaries in a very embodied, very tangible way. And when you can really feel, like really feel your boundaries, it's no longer a matter of abstract questions like, should I say yes to this? Should I say yes to that? It's now about feeling very clearly what is a yes and what is a no. All right. So before we pick up the meditation, what I want you to do is reach both of your arms out stretching them long on both sides of your body. Um, and if you can't do that, imagine doing that. And then what I want you to do is imagine yourself sort of spinning around, right? And so those boundaries are not just now on the sides of you. They're also on the front and back of you. Okay, so you have these boundaries all around you on your sides, your front, your back. And now I want you to imagine the same length boundaries on the top of you and on the bottom of you. Right? So that one on the bottom is going through the floor. Okay, now that we've done that, we're ready to do the quick meditation. So go ahead and hit pause if you need to set up to get ready to meditate. If you need to get a meditation pillow or you need to rearrange yourself, shift your body in some way, go ahead and do that.
And when you're ready, go ahead and ground and focus yourself if you can. And then just imagine your arm's length personal boundary as brightly lit as you can. And if not brightly lit, maybe it's just very, very distinct in some way. Use your five senses to feel its distinction. And the distinction should feel very intense. If you're imagining a color for your boundary, it should be a very intense color. It could be like lime green or electric magenta. So making sure your boundary is very, very noticeable. So now you're taking a deep breath and imagining your boundary expanding a few inches in all directions, just like your torso does, right, when you inhale. And then as you exhale, imagine your personal boundary resuming its healthy arm's length distance from your body at all points. Notice that your brightly lit personal boundary also reaches under the floor. Go ahead and breathe in again. And make sure that the edges of your boundary expand slightly in all directions, even underneath you. And then go ahead and breathe out and allowing your boundary to resume its correct distance from your body. And that's it. That's your boundary. You can breathe with your boundary as often as you'd like. And it's going to take some practice, but the more you do it, the better able you'll remain integrated and remain grounded and clear, even when it's super chaotic around you, even when there are a lot of distractions. And your goal here is to create a calm, focused, sacred space within you and immediately around you. You live here in a space that is safe. And in this safe space, you can relax. You can connect to yourself. You can be honest with yourself. And you can make solid decisions about how to navigate the day. And if you continue to hold this boundaried sense 
you begin making decisions that are founded on a foundation of wellness. You begin making decisions that are in your best interest. You connect with people who are good for you and you disconnect from people who are bad for you. Good luck with your practice of creating boundaries. Thanks for listening to Self-Compassionate Professor. Email me at danielle at selfcompassionateprofessor.com. And for those of you who are committed to finding career wellness, I invite you to join the sabbatical program. We're a group of academics who normalize rest, play, and feeling whole. We make career decisions from that place. Find out more at selfcompassionateprofessor.com.